Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by JMB Financial Advisors. And now, here's your host, Alex Vispoli. Welcome to Seder Stories, and today we are talking all about football, and we are just two days after the Holy Cross football team clinched a Patriot League championship, seventh ever in school history. We're joined by the head coach, Bob Chesney, star running back Dom Cozier, and defensive back Chris Riley. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the year, and are you guys, uh, first of all, student athletes, Chris, are you guys still glowing uh, over the win on Saturday? Um, you know, it was, it was a lot to take in, you know, being champions, but we realized that we have another game this weekend, so... Um, our coaches try to drill it in our heads that, you know, our season's not over. So we came in Sunday, found out who we were playing, and we were right to business after that. How long did the celebration uh, go, at least on Saturday, before you knew who you were playing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been great. I mean, last, just like yesterday especially, I slept with my hat on, my Patriot League championship <laughs> hat on. Just like, I just can't believe it still. But just like Chris was saying, like, we, we're, st- we're not trying to be done yet. I always still have another game with Monmouth. So um, we all put it in for 24 hours, but we still know we still want to win another game. And, Coach, uh, what's the level of pride for you, for these guys, the seniors who've been through a lot in their college uh, careers and also just for the team in general and the school? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the on the head. They came in, you know, with a, a coaching staff and then had uh, kind of that swept out from under their feet a little bit and, and had to welcome us in, which they did. That's not easy. That's a really, really hard thing to do, especially when you're used to a certain offense and a certain defense and there's things you like and all of a sudden there's change. You know, anytime there's change, it's, it could be a little, little fearful. And I think it's got to come from the top that these guys believe in what we're doing and that's got to be able to really – move down through the levels of this team but if they're not bought in and if they don't believe in it then really we have no chance so to do it in two years is really obviously remarkable but also bodes well for the future yeah and before we kind of get into this season i think we have to go back to last season Mm. uh because of the way it ended i mean so much momentum that you guys had going on i think it was a four-game winning streak to wrap things up some emotional wins some close wins did it feel like that gave you guys a good stepping stone here coming into this season? 100%. And I think it, it's before the season. It, it started with the offseason. You know, right when that season ended, we realized that the future is bright. What these coaches brought to us, we really bought into. And we realized from the time that first winter workout started, um, the future is bright. And we bought in completely. And through spring ball, through camp, we realized that we can be great if we can put what we put into the last four games of last season. And I think this year um, it all worked out and we, we became champions. You know, it's a different year, but how, how tough is it to bottle up at the end of one year and then take that into the next? Is that something that, you know, felt natural? Was there, was there something you guys said, hey, let's keep it going? Yeah, I think it felt natural, uh, especially on the four-game win streak. We knew we were so close. Our whole goal for the last four years for the seniors would win a championship. And we knew we were a touchdown away from winning a championship last year against Colgate. So uh, we had that energy for this year. We knew we had to win every single game and win most of the games and win a championship. That's what we did. How much momentum did that give the coaching staff for you guys? You know, getting to a new place and, and instilling your installing your system, uh, just trying to make sure you, you keep those good vibes going because one thing can be a shot in the you know dark and it, it kind of fizzles out. But you have to be the one, Coach, to make sure that it also – maintains yeah i think what you're talking about is sort of the the feelings of it when you go through a year and you get to you know those final games you know and you you end up you know winning a couple games at the end usually a great teams get in into the playoffs as they get into the playoffs typically only one team 
you know, not typically always, only one team wins. So all those other teams are going home with their last game of the year usually being a loss. That's sometimes tough. You know, it stays with you a couple of weeks into the offseason. And, you, you know, we ended with four wins in a row, you know, which was some pretty good momentum. Now we'd like to have a couple others earlier in the season, but at the same time, then you just go in with a different frame of mind emotionally into that offseason. You know, and I think that is something that uh, these guys probably felt more than anything. You feel like you're doing it the right way. You feel like you're on the right track. Uh, you wish you got there a little earlier, I think, last year, but that was even more of a, a drive to say, let's make sure we don't waste any time. We push this as hard as we can. And you're feeling positive because of the way that season ended. So there's just a good kind of cocktail of emotion and, and motivation and everything else that comes together that I think drives you through that winter and that spring. Could you feel a little bit of the energy when you and the rest of the coaches went out on the recruiting trail and they said, oh, yeah. hey, Holy yeah. Cross is ascending? Yes, I, because we're talking about it before. Right? We were talking about what we hope it to be, not factual information. You know, we're more talking about what we see and what we believe. But I think every coach is talking about that, you know, what they see and what they believe and hope for their future. Where for us, you know, we actually had concrete data to say this is kind of how we ended the year. We think this is about to happen, and here we are today. It'd be one thing to be able to okay, you bring the same exact group back from 2018, 2019, but you had a lot of significant changes, especially with some of the playmakers on offense at the wide receiver position. We were talking about before this podcast some of the other areas that, you know, quarterback, uh, defensive line, linebackers. So you have to create that challenge to the guys that are stepping into new roles You've got to be just as good or better as the ones who ended this last season on a great roll. Yeah, no question about it. And that's our job as coaches, right, in recruiting, is to make sure that we're understanding where the voids are going to be based on graduation and then finding guys that are equal, you know, or someday might even be a little better somewhere down the line. That's what you hope you can do. That's what the best programs in the country, you know, end up doing. And I think for us, you know, those are hard names to replace. You're talking about those four linebackers. You're talking about the guys on the defensive line. That was probably our biggest void when we came into it in the offseason saying, man, I don't even know how we're going to ever stop the run. Like, how is that even going to happen with all these new faces? And just watching those guys step up and, and, and do what they did is very, very impressive. Dom, you had such a tremendous year uh, on the ground, leading the Patriot League and rushing, tied for first in touchdowns, over 1,000 yards. Uh, just a fantastic year for you, and you have a, a veteran offensive line that you were able to work with that opened up a lot of holes. But what do you think was the reason behind your explosion here in your senior year? Obviously, talented, good junior year as well, but another level this season. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people helped in. Uh, start with Coach Grotsky. I came in like 169, 168, and this year I'm almost 180. So with him, Coach Grosky completely changed my body. I'm healthy this year, all, all every game. So goes to him. Also goes to the offensive line. Goes to Coach Smith. Uh, we have, I think we have one of the best offensive lines in the country. A really experienced Coach Smith's been working them uh, for the last two years. So I've been really excited about that. And just I think Coach Abraham, our running backs coach, he's helped me a lot. Uh, just our strong running back group from Pete Oliver and Miles Alexander. Uh, John Abrams, Jordan Forrest, they pushed me to be a better running back. So I think it's I think it's a lot of people involved in the success. Knowing what we were just talking about, that new quarterback starting role, uh, new wide receivers for the most part, did you feel like, okay, we need to be the ones, our running back group, since we have a lot of guys coming back, the offensive line, we need to be the ones that kind of lead this offense while everybody else gets up to speed? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think everybody had a say to leading the offense. I think we all knew. I mean, last year we had a second-best offense in the league, and we knew we had a lot of people coming back, so – I mean, I, I guess you can say the running backs, we thought we had to step up. But, I mean, the quarterbacks thought they had to step up, too, the offensive line. Uh, there was all a big movement. Everyone had to step up. So I don't think it was just one specific position group. And for you defensively, you know, you look at 
where the players were defensively last year that needed to be replaced. It's up front, but pretty veteran secondary mm -hmm. and a lot of continuity. And communication is so important at that position. Did you really feel like that gave you guys an advantage as far as what you needed to do? Yes, I think that was huge. You know, being able to kind of have that unspoken communication with one another is really big on the football field and being able to have that continuity with everybody, being able to be in the back end and keep everything in front of us was huge. And we realized that the people in front of us left, you know, we lost Brady, we lost Neil Vorster, we lost some big names up front that made a lot of big plays for us last year. And so uh, being in the back end, being able to, you know, make those plays that they may have made last year was big. And we also had to pick up on the leadership aspect of it. So I think myself, uh, Joe Lang, Corey Stefanik, I think a lot of names can come into that leadership role, which is really big for the defense. And I think, you know, putting everything together, I think we had a really good season, being able to pick up those boys that those players left last year. How much pride for you guys to be able to play so well, especially at the end of the season? I mean, you, you talk about what a way to finish the regular season with a shutout victory at home against a, a team that, of course, last year gave you guys some troubles down uh, in Washington, D.C., but to be able to hold a team to a scoreless performance, to give you guys so much momentum going into the postseason, uh, what was the feeling among the defensive group there? You know, it's huge, and I think it, it really is a perfect time to do it going into the postseason. But, you know, it really means a lot to us. You know, Coach James harps on it every day. We can be an elite defense if we play 60 minutes of great defense. And throughout the season, we've done pretty well, but we haven't taken advantage of every opportunity that's been there. And I think on Saturday, we took advantage of every opportunity we had. I think we had four turnovers. The offense, you know, left us in a great position uh, throughout the whole game. Special teams did their job, and I think everything came together for a full 60 minutes, and we really showed everybody what defense we can be if we play well the whole time. Coach, could you sense a level of focus going into the Georgetown game, the, the eye on the prize saying, mm -hmm hey, we've got an opportunity here to make sure it's it's all up to us. We don't need to rely on anybody else, and we can end this the way we want. Yeah, and it's funny because I talked to uh, some of our players about it because some of the coaches have not been in this situation before. Uh, some of the players have not been in this situation before, but I kind of lean heavily on guys that, that we've coached before that are in this profession at this moment, and they talk about that championship week as not like any other week or not any different than any other week. To them, it was just our chance to go back out there and play football and prepare like we we do all week and I think within the coaching staff and everything else there might have been a little more urgency a little more you know just a little maybe more uh, just a little more tense you know as we went through everything but because it's for all the marbles you know at that stage of the game and I think um, you know you always want your players to be so prepared and so ready and I think this week more so than any we kept it simple on both sides of the ball and we tried to really make sure they could play fast and aggressive and kind of get after it but yes I think you go back to that game against Lafayette where we we had our first chance to win it and we didn't we turned the ball over five times we didn't do a whole lot on you know we gave up two big ones on defense and uh we left that game and said you did not you didn't want that one like in the end we really don't don't want to beat Lafayette and put ourselves into that championship game we want to face a little adversity and see how we respond and the way we responded over those next two weeks was remarkable it makes it even that much more you know make that victory that much more sweet with the response two seniors you guys have have been through it all here uh in your time at holy cross can you sense a different mentality and toughness with the team than maybe a couple of years ago? Is there just kind of a different outlook on situations in general? Yeah, I mean, I think I was telling some of this the other day. I think one of the biggest differences we've had from, like, my beginning here is, it's like, we try to take everything. We take everything importantly. So what I'm trying to say is, like, we push in our chairs. We sit in front in, in classes. We say thank you to the janitors. We say thank you to the Kimball workers. Like, we try to make sure everything's important. We try to do the little things right. 
and I think it shows up on the field too. Uh, we're the least penalized team in the Patriot League. So we show that if we take the little things right, talking our make make our bed after after nights of sleep and everything like that. If we do all those important things right, it's gonna show up on the field. It did. Do you see the same thing in the evolution of kind of the mentality and the the toughness and the outlook of the team? Yes, I think. Uh, I mean, you can see it in the way we play on the field. You know, you can talk about it, but if you're not, if you don't actually show it, and we started with it last year, and we can talk about that last game against Georgetown being down what we were, 99% chance to lose, and we end up winning. It's just a fight to the end. And then coming into this season, I don't know how many double-digit comeback wins we had, but the game is never over till it's over. Our coaches demand excellence from us at all times. So, you know, we it happens on the practice field. It happens in the weight room. It happens in the, in the film room. You know, from all days of football, we are demanding excellence from every single person, whether it is from the top to the bottom, from the players, the star players, the, the scout players, everybody has an important role on this team. And I think it all came to fruition. We were able to come out on top. Coach, where, where does that come from? Uh, and is that something when you came into the program, you said, okay, this is what I want to establish. And how do you make that happen? You hear the what your, your two seniors are saying about that mentality. Yeah, well, not for me. I think where it comes from is when we sat down with the seniors that were on that team currently. I remember I sat down with Ryan Brady and a couple other guys, and I said five or six guys stayed with me. I said, just tell me, tell me the biggest issues with this football team right now, the biggest things we need to do differently. And there were some really obscure things, and there were some pretty important things, and there were some things that, you know, after we had that conversation, you know, that gave me an idea of what direction we need to go. And because no situation is the same. No situation, you know, this team this year is not the same as the team last year. And it has different needs. Each of them have different needs. And any place I've been has all have different needs. But everybody has wants the same outcome, right? And, and the blueprint of how to get there is not always exactly the same. But it's important to try to get a finger on the pulse very quickly of a team half the guys were already home for break by that first time I had a chance to meet these guys. And I think I got a chance to really have an idea of what was ailing them at that moment and then say, okay, well, I'm going to come back with a plan and then we're going to determine how hard you want to stay, you know, stick to this plan. My job is simply to say, what do we need to do? Figure something out, make sure we all agree upon it and then stay the course. Because I think probably what happens is you get into week five, week six, week seven, and everybody just gets a little tired and just it's maybe okay. It's okay for the locker room to look like a mess. It's okay for us to you know, start not taking care of the little things all of a sudden. And to me, I think that's probably the thing that I hold myself to that standard of, it's not for me. I don't, it's not me saying, make sure you have knee pads in or make sure the locker room's clean for me. It's what you told me you wanted to do. And I know how we gotta get there. And I know what we need to do to get there. We all agreed upon it. Let's not start to drift away from that just yet because we're all maybe a little tired. And I think that's the thing is these guys bring an unbelievable effort and energy to this every single day. And my job is just to make sure we're staying on track to the plan that they came up with and supported. And I think that's, you know, the important part of all of this is that it's really, I think, when you feel like it is your team and they're invested in it as their team and coaches are only there to kind of nudge you and keep you on track, it's a lot easier for that to be a player-led team. This, these players lead this team, and that's what I think we're all most proud of. Because if we're the only ones saying it, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I think when they're saying it, we have a chance. What would you say is the personality of this team? Is there a certain mm -hmm. characteristic or trait that comes to mind more than any other? 
I think there's a couple things, but to me, effort and energy are always going to be really, really high. And, and that's what they've talked about and wanted it to be. And it is every single day we step foot on that field. The effort is through the roof and the energy is through the roof. But the word that I think we grown to become is our resolve is extremely strong. You know, you don't end up in situations last year or this year, play the schedule we play, you know, how we play it. It just doesn't happen if you're not, you know, mentally tough like that and you don't have that that resolve to stay the course in in tough times and I think that's what uh when I think about these guys I hope that's what they think about and then also another word that I just think is a a, a word that we all should shoot for is just relentless you know relentless in our pursuit of excellence relentless in our pursuit of growth just relentless in everything that we're doing and I think that's what I when I think about this team those are some of the some of the words to me that come to mind we're having fun doing it there's a lot of effort there's a lot of energy but we are tough and just relentless in the pursuit of, of greatness. Chris, outside of you and Dom here, who are some of the players on the team that you guys look to or the team looks to from a leadership perspective or from an energy perspective? Who are, who are some of the other core leaders that have been so key for you guys this season? I mean, I mean there's a lot, and it's, it's from the top down. But I think some, some important guys to mention are Derek Mountain on the offensive side, fifth-year tight end. He came back and wanted to win a championship, so he demanded that from his teammates. And then another one is Corey Stefanik and Kevin Brucioni on the defensive side. You know, all three of those guys are fifth-year seniors. They came back and realized that, you know, some of their friends that were leaders left, and they had to come back and fill that void. So I think they demanded it, not only by talking about it, by being about it, showing it on the practice field, showing it in the weight room, giving their 100% all the time. I think that's been really big for the team to be able to, you know, view that, see it, not only coming from me and Dom, but coming from everybody and just demanding excellence at all times. I think that's been big for, you know, some of the younger guys to look and, you know, try and follow that leadership. On the other side, you can't always have uh, everybody, you know, going to the wall 100% of the time. Who are the, some of the guys, Dom, that keep things loose and keep things fun and from just a chemistry perspective, keep uh, everybody, you know, engaged on a, on a positive level? Uh, I would also say Kevin Butteroni. Uh <laughs> If you ever met him, he's a very happy, fun guy. Uh, he's a really vocal leader, but he also shows on the football field too. And uh, his hard work showed off, and I think everyone on the team follows him, especially me and Chris. We follow his lead. Anybody else that you can think of in particular that uh, you highlight as you know a unique couple of guys that that really the rest of the team follows? Their no, I think there's a good there's a good mix of it, but I think when you say you know not everybody could go to the wall, you know every we we can and okay. we can have fun doing it. You know I think that's the difference when the picture that as you said it that I painted in my head was it's tough and it's grinding and it's so hard and it is, but at the same time it's what we all signed up for and it's fun. You know we're having fun doing it out there. So you go out to practice, there's more smiles on faces and more joking and more whatever at a high elite level, you know, uh, of effort and, you know, going on that doesn't make it seem like that much work. You know, and I think that's probably where we may differ from, from some other schools. What do you guys each like about that grind? Start with you, Chris, or Dom. (laughs) (laughs) Pointing at each other here. (laughs) Um, About the football grind? Yeah, yeah, just about, about that hard work. Um, you know, I, I love it. We, we're here all summer long. We're here all winter long. We're here throughout the whole year together with our brothers. Um, we came in, you know, our freshman class, and we were able to, you know, grow a family. And then as the new classes come in, they join our family. The new coaches come in, they join our family. So it's really being able to be out there with your brothers. So we're all going through the same hard work together, which makes it fun. You know, if you're if you're grinding together and doing the same exact workouts, doing the same exact practices, no matter how hard it is, you know that your brother right next to you is struggling, 
which makes it fun because you're in it together at all times, no matter what the outcome is. You realize that you're going to have that person next to you, good or bad, he's going to be there for you. So I think it makes it, you know, so much more enjoyable when that good does come. How about for you, Tom? Yeah, I think everything he said, right? I think it also makes it fun when you're winning. Uh, when you're winning games, uh, when you know you know all that hard work is paying off, all the pool workouts, the sweatshirts, the hoodies, wearing on the summer workouts in 80, 90 degree weather, and when you're winning games, it's, just, it's fun just to know that all this hard work paid off. Uh, Coach Grosky, all our position coaches, Coach Chesney, all the players. Uh, when you're winning games, like you win a Patriot League championship, there's nothing better than that. And you, you mentioned being up here in the winters. You're a Florida guy. Uh, yeah. So I guess over your four years or so, you've adjusted to uh, to the winter. You don't mind being up here? Or uh, is it still maybe something you're getting used to? I wouldn't say I fully adjusted. <laughs> but, you know, um, being here, my, my first freshman um, winter, I saw snow. And I went sledding. And it was probably all grass with, like, maybe four or five snowflakes. And, you know, I, I really had no idea what this was. But, you know. I uh, found out what black ice was the hard way, and but you know being up here for four years has been really fun. Being able to be with you know some people that live up here, we've we've enjoyed the the cold times together, and you know being I wear a sweatshirt almost every practice, and when it's hot out, I'm I'm used to it. When it's cold, I'll, I'll adjust, and you know I wouldn't ever say I'm gonna be used to this weather, but it's been really fun being up here. What drew you to Holy Cross from Naples, Florida, to begin with? Um, you know I have some family up here, but I think, you know, when I came on my visit, you know, everybody says, like, you'll know that feeling when you go on your visit, and, you know, it speaks true to here. Um, I came up here, had some, some of my teammates that are with me now on my visit, but I just saw the family culture, you know, it was it was there. In other schools it wasn't, but here it really was. You know, everybody tries to talk about it being a family, but until you really get in that group of guys and can feel it, it it's, you know, unspeakable. And um, when I came up here, I just saw that, you know, the future was bright, and, you know, we have a $95 million indoor facility. We have alumni that want you to be successful. It's not only for your four years here, but it's for your 40 years of life after. And, you know, you really can't have a lot of places in the nation that can say that. And so I really took advantage of that opportunity and, you know, ran with it. And, Dom, you're from Milford, Massachusetts, obviously a lot closer uh, to where we are in Worcester. But what about Holy Cross drew you here? I mean, just exactly what he said. It was a family culture. Uh, I got hurt my senior year. I missed a whole my whole year. Uh, a lot of these other schools didn't really want to take a chance on me, but Holy Cross did. And I think just from, like you said, the 90-wide program of Larry Doyle, like they really care about you, not just what you do for football, but what you do after football in the workforce too and academically. Also one of the best schools in the country. So I think the whole aspect, like the million-dollar facility, $95 million facility to the, one of the best academics in the country, to knowing that we can win a Patriot title every single year, I just – all that combined just was an ideal school for me. I want to go into a little bit of the season as a whole and starting back early on, uh, before you had a chance, obviously, to, to create the schedule, some of it was kind of created for you, Coach, uh, and a very challenging non-conference schedule. Talk about two FBS programs playing on the road, some very good FCS teams, Yale, Ivy League champion, Harvard, perennially terrific, UNH, obviously is almost always in the FCS playoffs. How do you feel like that prepared your team for what came after in the 5-1 and one Patriot League season? Well, I think the schedule it was set, and it's set for many years <laughs> in advance. We don't really have a whole lot to say about that. But I think that it's not only who we played, but how we played. <clears throat> that I think helps prepare us for later on down the line. 
we didn't just walk in there and lay down uh, in any of those games. You know, we went in there and played again with that same resolve that we've spoken about. Uh, I think that those those schedules are also great for recruiting. I think they're great for all. What hopefully everyone in their life has a desire to be the best, right? Hopefully, and I think when you look at it and you say, look, we probably have the best alumni network in the country. Regardless, I don't, you could put any of those other schools up there you want, but as far as being involved and truly helping and being truly involved in taking care of one another, we're probably the best. As far as the academics were concerned, last year I think our APR rate was number, whatever, number one in the country or something with those Ivy League schools right there with us, right? I think when you go to the facilities, these are by far the best in all of FCS. And then you move over and you talk about the schedule and you say, well, if you want the, to play one of the best schedules, probably the toughest, I think we're fourth toughest, however many or two years ago, I think this next year or this past year, we're probably going to be probably one of the toughest schedules in all of the FCS. So we have the toughest schedule, the best facilities, the best alumni group, and unbelievable education, right? If you truly want to be the best with the chance to go to the playoffs and we have scholarships, you know, the, the chance to, to look at all of those things, this is really the best. Like if you really want to have that, we talk about this as Holy Cross being the greatest place in the world to play college football. And I think that's something that, you know, we, we started off saying and, and, you know, kind of joking a little bit about, but at the same time, we're going to keep saying it. We're going to keep saying it. And it's, it's on its way to very closely to becoming true. FBS games against Navy and Syracuse, are those games as players that you guys really look forward to? Obviously the end result wasn't mm. where you necessarily want it to be, but I mean, especially, you know, defensively, you guys gave Syracuse some problems and forced a ton of punts there and uh, being able to play in a big-time atmosphere like that in the Carrier Dome. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be the best, you have to play the best. And I think we wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't play against those opponents and learn from our mistakes from those games. And we also had good out of those games. We learned from those games. And you want to play against the best. Those games are fun. You, you're in a different environment than you're used to playing at the FCS level. You're playing against some different speeds, some different size than you're used to. But you want to be out there, you know. I think there's a handful of guys on our team, actually almost everybody on our team, that could play at that level but chose to come here because, like Coach Chesney said, this is the best place in the world to play football. So we all made the, the decision to come here, but I think a lot of us could play at that level. So there's not really that big of a difference as far as, you know, who we're playing. And I think, um, you know, we learned from those games, and it was, it was a blast playing them. And, you know, the future's bright here. And I think when we continue to play them, that. You know, some people might think they're upsets, but I think, you know, they're very winnable games, and I think that's going to be the, the norm coming forward here. Is that the mentality you felt like going into those environments, and, and how was it playing against some of those teams? Yeah, I mean, I think we dreamed for stuff like that. Like Chris said, we've a lot of people on our team had opportunities to play at those types of levels, those types of schools, but uh, we stayed here. We had a one goal to win a championship, and I think not only did we learn from it, off the field, but we also learn on the field that we can play with these teams. We can play with the Patriot League. If we're, if we're forcing punts against Syracuse, we can force punts against other teams in the Patriot League. We can force punts against Monmouth, all these big schools. So uh, I think, like, physically we also understood that if we can play with Navy, who's the top 25 team in the country, we can play with anybody on our schedule. So we had that mentality all year. The, the key point, I think, for you guys during the season, it seemed like for me watching the outside, the, the Fordham game, you guys are coming off the disappointing result at home against Lafayette. You go to Fordham, you fall behind by a couple of touchdowns. What happens from that point on to you guys explode and score 49 points, and it looks like it was a blowout <laughs> going away, Coach? Well, I think that you, you got to just go back to the first couple quarters, or the first two quarters. We went in at halftime, and we looked offensively and said, 
we knew what our game plan was. We knew that as they were going to try to load up the box, we had to be able to throw the ball downfield a little bit off of some play action or RPO stuff. And we were able to do that. We just, you know, the quarterback was on time. The read was correct. We just dropped the football, which we had not dropped the football like that all year long. So it's now a matter of, all right, well, what's going to happen first? Are they going to adjust their defense or do they not feel hurt by what we did just yet, right? So they're going to stay probably with what they're doing and hope we keep dropping the football. We just got to not drop the football. And I think that's, at one point, I had a conversation with Ayer uh, Asante about that on the sideline. said, look, you're going to end up catching 10 footballs by the end of the day, but let's just start with football number one first. And that's what, what we ended up doing. And then next thing you know, you know, our scheme stayed the same, theirs stayed the same, and we were able to make those plays when we had to. We realistically dropped three touchdowns in that first half, right? And I think that's something that I don't think anybody went to halftime was like, oh, man, these guys are better than us. It's 14 nothing. You know, what can we do? I think we all knew just stay the course. We're going to be pretty fine here. Is there a turning point for you guys that, or, or a moment in this season for, for the players that you felt like, okay, we're, you know, we are the best team in the league. We can definitely win a Patriot League championship. Or did it come before the season based on – what you guys saw in training camp and, of course, the way last year ended? You know, I think it I think it came before the season, and I think it came, you know, last season added four straight wins. We realized, like Dom said, we were a touchdown away from, you know, maybe being the Patriot League champions. So we came into the offseason saying we are the best team. We worked every day like we weren't the best team because we didn't have that target on our back yet, but we wanted it. We wanted to be the best where everybody's playing their best against us. Coach Chesney says all the time, you take any player from the other team, you look at their highlight tape, and you look at the five to six best plays from their high school highlight tape, their college highlight tape, that's what you're going to get every day. And that's what we got all season. We played the best all season. Uh, Teams played their best against us, and we came out on top because we knew that we were the best team, you know, going through the season. But we didn't work like we we, we knew we had something to prove throughout the whole season, and we were still that underdog and, you know, had a, a lot to prove on the practice field. Is there a highlight for you, Dom, here this season? Uh, maybe the most recent game here, or is, is there a, a certain moment that maybe stands out more than others this year? I mean, it's hard not to say the most best moment was two days ago. I mean, just seeing everyone run on the field after a 24-0 shutout was just amazing experience. Seeing the fans run on the field, I was glad that the cops let them go on the field. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was just an amazing experience. I mean, it's something I'll never forget, so I would definitely say two years ago. So, Coach, we're getting ready uh, for Monmouth here this upcoming weekend. Some folks might be listening to this podcast post-Monmouth game, but what in your mind needs to happen for this team to keep this rolling to make sure that you guys bring that momentum from the last few weeks and all season into the FCS playoffs? Well, I think we just got to keep playing our brand of football. You know, I think we, we have to really dance with the one that brought us up to this moment. Uh, there's things you'd like a little more of on offense. There's things you'd like a little more of on defense as well. And those are things that we'll continue to work on every single day that we're out there on that, on that field. But at the same time, I think by now we know who we are. By now we know that we're going to play a full 60 minutes. By now we know that we believe and trust in one another. By now we know where some of our weak spots are, right? And we know how to can maybe camouflage some of those. And then we know what our strengths are and how to really highlight those. But I think uh, I said it the other week, but when, when you get in that second half of that Fordham game and Derek Mountain is, you know, catching passes and Ayer Asante is catching passes and we're intercepting footballs and we're doing, when you think about the individual players on this team, right, as long as they do their jobs and they hold up their end of the bargain out there, I think we're a very good team that could play with anybody. You know, I think it's when those abnormal things start to happen and, and when the 
passes get dropped or, or we miss interceptions or miss tackles and things like that that every team goes through that just can't be there can't be more of that than the other side of it and I think the way we played you know this past week the way we played you know that second half we've now put six really good quarters of football together here at the right time so I think it's just a matter of continuing doing what we're doing uh, just continue to uh, you know know exactly where our strengths and weaknesses lie and make sure that we're we're playing in the right sandboxes so to speak. Well, I think I can speak for everybody who has followed Holy Cross football as a fan. Maybe they're an alumni, uh, work for the school, go to school here. It's been so much fun to follow this team throughout the season. Really special stuff. Patriot League champion. That'll be with everybody here for the rest of their lives. So mm-hmm. congratulations mm-hmm. on that. Best of luck here as you wrap up the 2019 season whenever it ends. Hopefully it keeps going as Hopefully long as possible. Yep. Thank you. Dom Thank Cozier, you. Chris Riley, Coach Bob Chesney, thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Be sure to follow the Holy Cross football team in their trip through the FCS playoffs. For Coach Chesney, Chris Riley, and Dom Cozier, this is Alex Vespoli. We will see you next time on the Seder Stories podcast. It's more than just a story from Big Y. Hi, this is Sam. I'm the store director in the Northampton Big Y world-class market. I think that's what you know creates that customer loyalty is that they, they know we care. It's not just about selling someone you know a can of green beans. It's about forming that relationship with them day in and day out. That's what makes me want to go back to work. It's making people feel at home because this is our home too. It's more than food. It's my big why. Hello, Crusaders fans. The print shop at Masterman's is proud to be the official screen printing and embroidery specialist of Holy Cross Athletics. Get your team a business logo on apparel and hats with embroidery or screen printing from my huge selection of athletic, high-vis, and work-work holding options and vinyl banners too. We'll quickly and easily help you leave your teams or businesses mark on the world. Visit Masterman's.com today. That's Masterman's.com. Masterman's since 1961. Go Crusaders! You're busy. We get that. At UMass Memorial Healthcare, we know the last thing you need to worry about is making your next doctor's appointment. So we've made that process even easier. Now you can visit us online at umassmemorial.org slash appointment to find a doctor and schedule an appointment all from the comfort of anywhere. Choose 24-7 access to a growing list of primary care physicians and specialists at umassmemorial.org slash appointment. Or give us a call during business hours at 855-UMASS-MD. Schedule your care from anywhere today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross Athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!